All right, you guys, episode 69 with Steven Thibert is about to start. And Steven was such a cool dude. He's so open and he got to share a lot of his knowledge and experiences. And the reason why this interview is so good is Steven actually went through his own weight loss transformation of 150 pounds. And that is just plain awesome. He's also doing a bodybuilding show for the first time. And we're going to chat about his you know, kind of experience getting ready for it and dealing with some, you know, body image issues with loose skin because 150 pounds is quite a bit of weight to lose and there is usually some excess skin. So we're going to dive into a lot of stuff, a lot of mindset mindset stuff and hopefully you guys enjoy it. So let's get this thing started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today is Steven Thibert. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Perfect. So <laughs> I uh, I always start with every interview asking the guests what you got planned for the weekend. Well, seeing as uh, today is my birthday, um, you know, I think, I think me and my girlfriend might go catch a movie tonight, but uh, I'm in the middle of this eight-week prep for my very first bodybuilding show so you know i kind of want to stay away from being tempted by food and things of that nature i've stuck to the stuck to the the plan about a hundred percent efficiency so far so you know i just want to make sure i i continue on this track um but we might go see a movie i kind of want to see it you know so yeah that, that looks pretty scary i don't think i could ever watch a scary movie in a theater it's just too many things could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last one I, the last scary movie I saw in theaters had to be, uh, had to be Saw uh, before anybody knew what it was, and it, it was quite a, it was quite a uh, experience. Yeah, like for me, like I'll watch scary movies, but it has to be at home. I just have this weird thing, like in a theater, something could go wrong. You never know. Like you're not surrounded by your own things, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. Hey, I totally understand. And honestly, I'm not a scary movie guy myself. Um, The only reason I want to see this is obviously because it's a remake and because it's getting such um, great media attention and and they're saying it's great. But, uh, you know, I mean, nowadays, most of the most of the horror movies are are pretty crappy anyway. So, (laughs) yeah, like I was having a conversation with a client of mine that you know, horror flicks back in the day, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, Scream, um, Jason, Freddy, like, all, like, Halloween, all those, but now it's just, like, how, like, gruesome can this movie get? That's basically the premise of every horror flick now. Oh, my gosh, right? And then you have stuff like uh, uh, Paranormal Activity, which I know people, some people like those movies, but, I mean, we tried to watch it, and it was just like, what? What am I watching? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like I would watch a Disney movie over that any day. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a I'm a big Disney guy. Uh, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, uh, Mulan. Yeah, like they're supposed to redo Lion King, kind of like how they did the Jungle Book. And I'm so pumped for that. <laughs> My gosh, I still haven't seen that Jungle Book. I really want to, but um, the Lion King, I would be. Yeah, I'll be first in line in theaters if that if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's do a little intro for you. Tell the audience who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry? Yeah, so um, I'm Stephen Thibert. Um, I'm 28 years old. Um, I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach. Uh, I've been in this field for three years now. And, um, you know, I'm, I've got a pretty interesting journey. Um, at age 16, 
I was uh, over 325 pounds. Um, I ended up uh, getting into some trouble as a kid. Um, parents sent me away type of thing. Um, lost some weight, came back. Part of the agreement was, um, you know, continue working out. I started uh, really getting into it, you know, started finding myself through fitness over the course of about 18 months. I had lost, oh, over 120 pounds um, just from really a lot of cardio, really, because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so a lot of it was through the treadmill. And then after about a year, after about 12 months, I started to, um, you know, I saw the guys in my gym lifting weights and I was like, wow, that seems, you know, that seems a lot more fun than just this walking. And so uh, I, I got into weight training and um, started to see some results from that for about six months when uh, when I was in a car accident, I was actually T-boned and um, it drew me away from the gym for like five years, actually, I was getting um, pressure headaches, migraines, things of that nature. I had to receive, you know, massage, chiropractic um, care, all of that. And, and life happened, you know, I fell away from the gym. Um, my love of fitness sort of, uh, it didn't necessarily die, dissipate, or, or it, may, it may have started to die down a little bit. I was discouraged, you know. Um, and so, you know, an odd thing happened about four years ago. I was, uh, it was a gloomy November evening and, uh, I decided that I wanted to try the local gym. You know, I'd passed it a few times. I was living in a new location all on my own at, uh, oh, age 24. Yeah. 24. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to join this gym. So I, I, I went and I actually got a three day pass and, and I felt so good after the workout that I, I decided I'm going to join before I even leave. So, I ended up joining the gym, but this time I was very determined. You know, I, I said, you know, this time let's get a little more than these little baby bicep bumps and, and let's, uh, let, let's um, you know, study this stuff, get, get into the research. You know, um, I've always been a person that, you know, when I get into something, I get really, really into it. And so essentially what happened was um, I went from being your average you know, 200 pound man at about 30% body fat, um, over the course of, I want to say about a year to 18 months again, um, you know, got down to about 196, 197 pounds, um, at about 12% body fat. But through the course of this, I really just fell in love with, uh, with fitness and with nutrition and what it was doing for my life and, and doing for my body. And so, I, I was at a transitional phase in my life, and um, I just decided, you know what, I think I want to become look into becoming a personal trainer because um, if I could give people just a little bit of what I've attained through, you know, fitness and and nutrition, that that, that would make me feel really good, you know. And um, so it's kind of just led down this rabbit hole, you know. I. Uh, I ended up finding uh, Precision Nutrition almost two years ago, and um, you know that that course alone. I mean, the level one and level two has uh, has has changed my life as far as uh, a coach is, you know, and as far as being a great coach. And um, so, you know, that's through the course of these. I guess I mean, ten years. I've really discovered, um, you know what fitness can do for you, what fitness and nutrition can do for a human being. And that's just, you know, something that I want to help all of my clients, um, achieve is, you know, um, 
not only transforming your body, but, but transforming your life. You know, I'm, I'm a completely different person than I was four years ago. And, um, it, it's for the better. Awesome. That, that was, that was an awesome story. So I got a lot of directions where I want to go with this. Um, so I think the first thing we should kind of cover is what caused your weight gain in the beginning? Like what were the factors that was happening around you where you're like, shit, I'm overweight now. You know, that's a good question. And, um, you know, for a long time, I guess I didn't even know the answer to that question. Um, and I want to say, and, and, you know, I, I'll preface this by saying that, you know, my parents, they, they, they were great parents and they did, you know, they did the best that they could with what they were given. And, um, and, and I love them both to death, but, um, you know, a lot of it honestly was a lack of, of structure and discipline around, you know, what I was eating and, um, you know, as a child being able to manipulate my mom, you know, being, a, a, a the firstborn and, and having a deep, real deep connection with my mother, you know, it was, um, it was very easy for me to use my manipulative ways as a child to get whatever I wanted, whether that was, you know, fast food or a candy bar or, or what have you, you know? And so, um, I think a lot of it was just, you know, I don't know why I ended up finding solace in food. And I, and I go through these things in, in therapy and try to really dive into it. And, um, some of it is just shoved so deep down, you know, but, um, but I do think that a lot of it came from, probably just wanting to, I don't know, you know, I mean, I guess a lot of it has to do with society and the way that they, they bring us up and the way that, you know, food answers our problems and the way that they, you know, the way that they direct these, um, these commercials to, to trigger things in our brain, you know, I guess I just, I fell victim to a lot of that because, um, I was a kid who, you know, from an early age kind of shut down and, and, and shut off for a very long time for, you know, for 24 years of my life, I was very shut down. And so, um, I guess you could say it was just a perpetual cycle of, of shutdown and, and reading into the, to the wrong messages. If, if I'm being quite frank. Yeah. I think there's kind of like two things that I think like because we kind of come from the same situation because I manipulated my mother too when it came to eating when I was young but you know if you think back like 10 years ago what information out there about fitness and nutrition that was good was able to go to the masses there wasn't really that much unless you were like into computers and just read blogs and forums all day but you know as a kid you don't do that and then I think the other thing is like you know, parents, as much as they want to, you know, guide their kids in the right direction, at the same time, they're trying to provide a life that they didn't have. So sometimes they can, without knowing, do the wrong thing where they just give in too much. And that's like my biggest worry that when I become a dad, I really hope I don't like do one thing where I think it's a really good decision, but it screws up my kid for the rest of their life. I completely agree with that. And that's something I wrestle with on my own, you know, being 28 years old and obviously wanting to have kids before I'm 35 is like, 
but you know and it's been really establishing a strong sense of purpose a strong sense of who i am as a person because i feel like that's where a lot of it it gets rung up is like you know our parents are doing the best they can and, and sometimes people bring children into the world when they're not fully prepared or maybe as prepared as they should be and they're just doing the best they can with what they're given. And, and I totally agree with you in the sense that I just, I want to be prepared as I can for my kids. And it's like, you know, we learn all this stuff through precision nutrition and the level two is like, you know, there's a huge problem in our society with, um, with rewarding, um, you know, kids based on the outcome and not just based on their effort. You know what I mean? And, and telling kids you're so smart and things that obviously this is a conversation that we could get into you know, for another day, but, um, it, it it is rather interesting and it's an interesting, um, dynamic. And and back to what you said, you know, you're right. 10 years ago, it wasn't as big of a business as it was. It wasn't everywhere. We didn't have the social media outlets that we had. And so a lot of what I was finding through with fitness was just through either a, you know, having a personal trainer and just listening to what, trusting what they're saying. Right. Or B, um, you know, infomercials and stuff like that was like the only, and the magazines, right? That's like all, that's like all we had, you know? Yeah. And like our industry is fairly young. And I, I think I was listening to Berardi talk about this because someone asked him, why does the nutrition side of fitness always change constantly? And his response was like, cause we're like a really fairly young industry where you compare to like an industry in science, it's been around for decades. Whereas, you know, nutrition science is like, they're still learning and it's always something different. So it's really hard for even now the general population to be like, oh, so what should I be doing? Should I be doing ketogenic diet? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And they just don't know what to do. Right. And that's, and that's completely understandable. And I love how with precision nutrition and even outside of precision nutrition, you've got a lot of people preaching that you know, whether it's ketogenic, whether it's paleo, whether it's plant-based, um, every diet works. You know, I heard Jason Phillips say this, it's like, um, and he's great. He's great with nutrition. You know, um, every diet works. People don't. Right. So, (laughs) you know, they, but I saw this meme the other day and it was like, you know, all these diets work because you're eating at a calorie deficit. I mean, it's not rocket science and it's not magic, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's finding what works for you, you know? And like going back to your story where, you know, you were really consistent in the beginning and then fell off and then came back into it. I think that's an important point because a lot of people look at weight loss as like this one, one way road where it's like, okay, I'm going to be healthy. And then from here, everything's easy where it's more like you're going to go off the beaten path and back on and you might fall off. You might not go to the gym for a year and then you come back on. And I think I can't remember who I had on my show, but they said the best analogy is like to be successful at weight loss. It's like quitting smoking. It doesn't happen the first time. It happens on like try number seven. Right. I like that. You know, I do like that. And, um, you know, I haven't explored a lot of why I took so long off the gym, but all those feelings of, you know, just just starting to get into the gym and just starting to, you know, build some confidence in the gym and being able to go in and, and crush my workouts and, and learning and, you know, really, really feeding off all the endorphins and just, just loving it, right? And then 
an, a traumatic event like that happens and, you know, I, I'm in the gym trying to work out and I'm getting these headaches and I, I'm, I'm not a seasoned veteran, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, I'm worried about my health, you know, I'm like, oh, this shit, it stuff hurts my head. It's like, I'm getting these headaches. Like, I can't do this. You know what I mean? So, um, when I look back, I wish I would have been more determined. And, um, it's like when I was listening to, you know, your podcast with, with Cressy this morning, it's like, um, you know, there's always a pain-free movement that we can do, you know, there's always doing something. And I wish I wouldn't have just given up on it, but, um, being the type of person that I am, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I, I went back to it and I was determined enough to, um, you know, make something happen with fitness. And, and I don't even, you know, Raphael, I try to, you know, um, go back in time and, and, and I've racked my brain for four years. You know, I joined the gym in November of 13 is when I got back on this, this journey. Um, I don't know what was the straw that broke the camel's back? I think it was more of a compilation of things and a lot of stuff going on in the subconscious that was just like, I wanted something more out of life. You know, I was going through life and, and things were very mundane and I didn't really have a zest for life. I would find myself asking myself very deep questions like, you know, uh, uh, things are going well financially, things are going well in your life, but, but what is the meaning of life, you know? And, um, because I didn't have a purpose like I have now and, and I wasn't helping people in the way I'm helping them now, you know, but, um, and I think all of that ties together, you know, I, I really think it does. Yeah. I think that's an important thing is to know what your purpose is. And I was going to add, like, do you train people in person still or are you completely yeah, so, online? No, no, no. So yeah, I do still train people in person and I do train people online. Okay. Like th this is the thing I've been like thinking about a lot and bringing it up on my show is like when you have those clients that they know fitness and health is a priority they know it's important but they they just don't commit like they should and they kind of go in a cycle of you know they go three months or there every single week they won't miss anything and then something pops up like oh i have a meeting during our session so i'm gonna have to miss this week and they come back next week and then maybe the next week after they're gone and then they go off for a month and they almost cycle one throughout the whole year where they're consistent, non-consistent, consistent, non-consistent. And I'm like trying to figure out a way like what's going on inside their brains that makes them feel like they can skip out on their health. Because like I've had a client where I can't remember how many years ago this was um, probably five or six. And this guy was, you know, early 50s, quite overweight and... He went in there because he had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, like all the markers were on red. And I told him, like, you need to change your eating. And he's like, I'm never going to do that. He still showed up to the gym, but he never changes eating. And he actually passed away from a heart attack. And he left his wife with his two daughters. And I'm like, how bad does it have to get for you to, like, figure out, like, hey, I need to make this a priority? And I was wondering if you have any clients that kind of fall victim to that kind of cycling, being consistent, non-consistent, and what can you, like, if you know how to, like, get through to them to be like, hey, like, we need to do this together, if that made sense at all. <laughs> Absolutely, that makes sense. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because um, that's something that I, I was hoping you would bring that up. And I remember, and I, and I, that's something that stuck with me in the, the chat that you had with Cressy and, um, 
you know, I noticed those same trends and it can be very frustrating. It's just like, because it's like the tip of the iceberg, right? Like something goes wrong and then they just, everything starts to trickle and then it just, and then it becomes a full on catastrophe. Right. And, um, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think the biggest thing I, you know, and I will tell you, I haven't completely figured it out. Um, but I don't think, I don't know if there's anyone that can tell you that they have, you know, and, um, I do, it's kind of like what Cresty was saying, like, you know, we know what goes on in our heads, but we'll never know what goes on in someone else's head unless they let us in on that. And even then they may not be letting us in on everything. Um, and you know, when I have clients like that, that I start to notice the trends that, you know, maybe they're just not bringing the same, it can be as small as not bringing the same energy as they brought last session. And, and that could be just because they've had a long day or they're stressed out or something's going on in their life that they haven't told me about. And so if it's an in-person client, what I will do is I'll, 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 I'll try and I'll try and pull it out of them somehow without prying, if that makes sense. So, you know, PN, PN2 gives us a lot of great techniques to kind of um, battle up against re- resistance and different ways to approach resistance, you know. Um, so, for example, sometimes I'll start to dig, and it, if that's not getting me anywhere, um, I'll try another strategy. And And sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, I mean, there are some clients that just – you feel like you never get through to them, you know? And, um, it's, it's frustrating because you're like, look, man, you can continue to, to pay me for these sessions, but, um, we're really not getting anywhere is where, what you're thinking in your head. You know what I mean? And, and it's like they teach us in P and two, some people are completely content with that. Some people are completely content with paying a trainer coming in every week, doing their work and then never changing the eating habits, never improving their life. Um, and it's, it, it is sort of a, a sad perpetual cycle, but, um, I, that being said, I do anything I can to try and connect with clients and to try and get inside their head a little bit and just, and just try and emphasize, empathize with what they're going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I kind of got to a point where you can't put on goals for your clients and want it more than they can. And like I have this one client where she eats out every single meal. Like she does not cook whatsoever. So like for breakfast, lunch and dinner, she will go out to a restaurant and order like whatever. Like it will be like burgers and fries, for example. And I'm like just thinking to myself, like if you just took out one of those meals and ate something that you made at home, guaranteed probably in a year you'd probably lose like, I don't know, 10 to 20 pounds, right? Like such a simple step and like she just outright told me she's like i'm never gonna do that i'm like all right well as long as you're okay with that and you're just coming here every single week and like i didn't like say this out loud but basically working towards like nothing other than (laughs) like moving better and maybe your joints won't hurt as much but there's a ceiling effect of how much like you know progress uh, like progression you'll see but I don't like sometimes it, it's so clear to the coach like what this person has to do and then some clients are just like they pick it up so quick and like I posted uh last night one of my clients Rob who deadlifted 300 for the first time he's been training with me three years now and all he does is one day a week 
with me, but he does everything I tell him. And he's like crushing the gym with PRs and he's like gaining a ton of muscle and leaning out and he's 55 years old. And I'm like, there's such a disconnect from so many different people. But yeah, I don't know. Gosh, don't you just, don't you just love those, those fairy tale clients that listen to every, every single thing <laughs> yeah. and, and do every, I mean, they just make us look good. Right. But, but they're putting in the work and, and they're meeting us halfway, you know, and I say that to say this, um, it's like they teach us in precision nutrition, you know, you've, you've got to meet these clients halfway. And it's like you said, sometimes you do want it worse than the client does. And that's where you kind of have to take a step back and say, whoa, is this a healthy relationship? Should I be working with this person? Because I want it worse than they want it, you know? And, um, we do have to remember that everyone that comes to us, not everyone is going to be ready, willing, and able, you know? Um, and so, and I think also keeping in perspective that like some people's measures of growth are a lot different than you and me. You know, I mean, we want to see quick results. We want to. I mean, we're, we're we live and breathe this shit. You know what I mean? I'm sorry for cursing. I don't know if I'm. <laughs> Yo, you're allowed to. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I was trying to keep it clean because I've got quite a sailor mouth. But um, you know, I think that's part of it too. Is just is is realizing that we have to meet them where they're at and. You know, it's like my therapist told me the other day, it's like um, the beauty of, of, of being your own boss or, or doing your own thing is that uh, you, don't, you don't have to work with everybody, you know? Yeah, and I, actually I wanted to bring that up is what made you want to go see a therapist? Because I think that's a thing that's not spoken about enough. And I, I'm also curious because like, I would love to find a psychologist out there somewhere and just see like what the experience is. Cause you know, I've seen physios and chiros and naturopaths and all these other people, but never what's probably like the core though, what's going on with you. So I'm kind of curious with your experience with that. Yeah. And we can talk about that as much as you, you would like. Um, I'm a very big advocate of therapy and, um, you're right. I think it's a topic that is not talked about enough. I don't understand why it is so um, taboo in the, in the social media circles, you know, um, God forbid something's wrong with you. Right. I mean, (laughs) but here's the thing is like, uh, I feel like in order to help other people, you've got to have the right mindset, you know, um, AKA you've got to have your shit together, um, to help other people get their shit together is kind of how I like to put it. And, um, So, you know, I have big aspirations and big dreams. I want to be this, you know, fitness and nutrition is the catalyst for me. I want to be, I want to end up helping people with their lives. You know, I want to be a life coach one day. And so, you know, things that are huge for me is just realizing that like, if my mind's not in the right place, um, I'm not able to help anybody. And so I do things to, you know, I know myself well enough to understand that, you know, I have ADD and I have OCD and I have OCD that or my OCD organizes my ADD, you know what I mean? So it, it ends up working out. But here's the thing is like for my mental health, I mean, I read from the book of awakening. I read from a year of conscious living. I read from those books daily. Um, I read from another daily reader, Attitudes of Gratitude. Um, I meditate daily. I have a morning routine. Um, obviously, I live just about every day. You know, um, there are things like this that I do for my mental health to make sure that um, I stay in a good place to where 
I can be the best me that I can be, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, when I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and, and depression and, uh, facing a traumatic event in my life and, and not knowing where to go from there, um, you know, I started diving into self-help books and I, and I just really liked the things that they were having to say. And, you know, there's, you go through times in your life. I feel like all humans go through a time in their life where, you're just searching for meaning. You're just searching for, for something to latch on to, you know? And, um, luckily for me, that was, uh, the book, the compound effect by Darren Hardy, very successful author, entrepreneur. Um, and another book was called Zen and the art of happiness, um, by a man named Chris Prentice, who actually, um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but he runs a, a bunch of rehab clinics with his son in, uh, I think, California. But he's got a ton of books out, too. But Zen and the Art of Happiness basically teaches you that anything that happens to you in life is the best thing that could happen to you, whether you believe it at the time or not, you know. And um, being at a low point in my life, and, and I guess what you would call a quote-unquote rock bottom, um, I needed something to latch on to. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in the universe and, uh, and that book will, will show you that, but, but the universe, um, you know, directed me towards these things and I've just been forever grateful. But, um, you know, after I had read these couple books, I, I just, I love to learn, man. And I love to develop and I love to grow as a human being. I've come to find out that there's some of my favorite things to do. And, um, you know, getting back in therapy was just another huge step for me of, um, a culmination of everything and just really wanting to figure out who I am and, and why I am the way I am, or, or, or I guess was the way I was because I've, I've changed quite a few things. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a pessimist my entire life. My father's quite the pessimist. So I was a very pessimistic individual. I was probably, you know, the epitome of pessimism until, um, I found another way and now I'm probably the most, uh, optimistic being I know or, or one of them I, I aspire to be. But, um, yeah, I've been back in therapy for 30 months. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, how did you go about finding a therapist? Cause like, like you said, like you, you can't go on your social media and like, I, like I don't have anybody in my circle that I know that is a psychologist or any kind of counselor so how did you go about finding one? And you, I don't know if you like find a couple and try to like look them up online. Like what was your whole process to finding the right one for you? Funny story. So I actually, I was going to lead into that and I'm glad that you asked that. You're asking just all the right questions. I love it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but a veteran podcaster here. But um, so, you know, I, when I first got back from, uh, the, you know, the journey of being sent away. So originally my parents sent me away to a rehab facility. They caught me smoking pot when I was younger. Um, and I didn't fit the criteria of an addict. So they sent me away from there. I went to this freaking, um, wilderness camp. Right. And, uh, at this wilderness camp, I mean, we had to camp outside every single night 
like on the ground. And I'm talking like you couldn't shower for like 40 days. You had to cook your food in a can of peaches that you got on the first day. And then you got rations every day. (laughs) I mean, to the point where we had to learn to make our own fire. Right. And, um, it was a great learning experience of independence and things of that nature. But long story short, when I got back from that, um, you know, my parents were like, you have to go to therapy. I'm like, okay, talk about my feelings and stuff like this. And I don't need no damn therapist. You know, I'm like, if I got, I'll fix my own fucking problems. Right. That's, that was my mindset at the time. Um, and so obviously you can see that didn't work out very well. But, um, the funny thing is, is this therapist has actually worked, his name is Bill Groover and he's actually worked with generation upon generation, um, in my family. And, uh, thankful, thankfully my mom, she's, she's the one who really, uh, inspires me to, to grow in the way I do. Um, but her brother was a, was a drug addict and, um, also paraplegic ended up, uh, uh, ended up passing away years ago. But, um, anyways, they were going to do an intervention on him. Uh, one of his, uh, caretakers ended up telling him. And so he ran off and the intervention didn't happen. But, uh, through all that, my, you know, they were the best in the state or whatever. Um, and so my mom started going to them, uh, and did a lot of her own growth, you know, a lot of her own journey, um, and, and healing a lot of wounds of her past. And, uh, at the time she was married to my father and, and made him go. And then, um, you know, she, uh, she even asked her own parents to go and, and, and heal those wounds of, of her childhood. And, and they did that. And, um, lo and behold, my grandpa went back to therapy for himself at, at 70 years old. And, um, he's a man that, uh, he's, you know, the kindest man I've ever met. And, uh, the biggest male role model and influence I've had in my life. And so, you know, just seeing these trends, it was just seeing that they both have healed the wounds of their past. Um, you know, that was something that I, I wanted for myself. I wanted that, that happiness, you know, and that, that peace. Um, and so I went back. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Like, that's a great story. Cause like no, yeah. Like no one talks about this, and um, I think everybody in some point of their life should go see a therapist. And that's my next thing on my list because I'm just curious, like what the experience is. And I don't know why people think like if you go see a therapist, you're like automatically crazy. It's just you're talking to somebody that's you know trained in that field, and a lot of people try to like talk to their partner or spouse, and the spouse is like. I don't get why you're complaining, like, just deal with your shit, like, that's not kind of the support you need, whereas if you talk to someone who's actually trained to know what to say, and just having someone listen to you, being empathetic to you, is going to make you grow so much in that one little aspect of your life. Well, and that's absolutely what it is, and I I don't go intensively, I mean, I go once a month, and it's more of like a milepost for me, you know, it's like, I do all this self-growth and self-improvement on my own, and I kind of go there to get, you know, a, a, another perspective as well as, you know, maybe it's going to make me think about things I haven't thought about or I can just vent or I can just flat out vent and, and say things that I can't say to other people, you know, and I can go in there and I can swear my head off and I can curse this person and curse that person. And then when I leave there, I feel way better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is – um I don't know. I read a lot of Brene Brown. You know, she's like my my absolute favorite. I just got both the books she put out this year for my birthday today, and I'm I'm, I'm working on another one of her books right now. But um, 
you know, it's like she writes about holding space for someone is uh, without judgment is a very, very, very hard thing to do because as humans, you know, we're trained to judge. It's just how our minds work. And, um, so you're right. Going to someone who's professionally trained and who can hold that space and knows, you know, can, can empathize with you and what you're going through. Um, it, it really is huge, you know? And, um, like say it just kind of, it helps to keep me on the right track and, and I get excited about every time I go, you know? Awesome. Um, so kind of want to shift gears and kind of ask you, why are you doing a bodybuilding competition? Cause you've already seen an awesome result in your weight loss. What made you want to do a show for the first time? Yeah. So that's a great question, you know? And, um, I guess, <laughs> I guess part of me is, is still figuring that all of that out. Um, I just feel like it, it's something that's bigger than me, you know, at this point. And, um, I, I've come so far in my, in my journey and I, I you know, I, I want to start getting myself out there. I want to start putting myself in the right circles and, and really pursuing this, this thing, full on, you know, head on and, and getting my story out there. And, um, you know, I've never seen anyone, um, lose as much weight as I have and, and have not have as much, not have a bunch of loose skin. You know, I mean, I've got some loose skin, but I've worked my fucking ass off to try and get rid of all of it, you know? And, um, I really am doing it to show people that, anything is possible. You know, I mean, there's been times throughout this journey where, you know, I've always had a love for bodybuilding and I, and I, I've never taken steroids and I've never taken any anabolic drugs. When I say bodybuilding, I mean you versus the weights. I mean the way that we can, you know, just what it does for you lifting weights, the way it can transform your body and the way that, you know, through transforming your body, you end up transforming your mind when you find fitness and you, you fall in love with it, you know? And, um, I feel like a lot of that love for bodybuilding has been lost among the industry. And it's even hard because we've got such conflicting messages, you know? I mean, the other night I'm out there doing a workout and I'm watching videos, you know, tribute videos to Rich Piana and, and, and wondering, why this man went to such extreme lengths to, to make his body look a certain way for other people. I mean, he would always say, I'm doing it for the fans. I'm doing it for the fans, you know? And, um, I just, I just wonder why he never accepted himself and the way he looked, you know? And it's, it's so these very complex topics is, is part of the reason I'm doing it. You know, um, I, I'm very proud of how far I've come and I'm very proud of how far or how I look. But at the same time, um, a lot of us that fall in love with this industry, I mean, we love to make our body look better, you know? And, um, but at the same time, I don't want to sacrifice my health too much. Right. So you can see how I'm kind of in this, this this uh, middle space, you know, but but I want to do a show just to show people that anything is possible because there's been times in my own life where I've thought you'll never, you know, that imposter syndrome, right? Like you'll you'll never look like these guys, you'll never be able to be on stage like these guys. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, 
I can, you know? And, um, so I just, I, I really want to show people that. And I wanted to challenge myself, you know, I mean, I, what better way to, to, to challenge yourself and, and see if you can do a bodybuilding prep than, than kind of decide to do a show on a whim. You know, I dieted down for eight weeks for um, a, a personal photo shoot that I did for, for a lot of things that I have in the works. And um, part of that was going and posing with a, with a professional bodybuilder that was local to me. And just in talking to him and, and being in the atmosphere and, and then posing with him and, and realizing that you can't even really see any extra skin. And this was at like 11% body fat. You know, you could hardly see any of my extra skin. And I was like, what is holding me back? You know what I mean? And the thing that was holding me back was was my mind, you know? Yeah, I think you said a lot of the right answers to why you're doing a bodybuilding show. Because I think a lot of people do those shows just to build up their self-worth. Because, like, I used to be in that kind of crew of people always competing because I worked at a big box gym, and that's what everybody did. But I never got anything from it, so I never did a competition, and I don't think I'll ever do one. But I've trained the people for it, and all the people who I trained, the same answer would always come up. is like, I just want to look better. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe the show is not the best idea, but... (laughs) <laughs> but all the like answers you gave they're so in depth and there's a reason behind it and you're probably not going to fall into doing like 12 more shows in your lifetime just to you know have lower abs more defined than last year right but um the question i was going to ask is with your loose skin would you ever consider getting surgery done absolutely not okay well why is that um, just because, and I don't want, it's, that's it. I, I, it's double, it's a loaded question, right? Yeah, because it I is. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect anyone that has gotten, has gotten surgery or plans to get surgery. Or let me say this in another way. I'm so lucky and so blessed to have the minimal amount of extra skin that I have. I, I really do consider myself lucky. I mean, you look at guys like, um, I don't know if you've heard of like obese to beast, you know, I mean, I mean, that guy's got so much extra skin that that would probably, that would probably fuck with me mentally more than my own skin has, you know, but I've all, I'm also a person that's always had a very strong will. And, you know, I like the way I looked at 12% body fat. I'll be honest with you. You know, um, I can't say that I don't like the way I look now because I certainly like the way I look now, but, um, I think a lot of it was just I had developed I had to develop self-worth in myself outside of my appearance and 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 really figure out who I was and and realize that I I'm worthy of love and belonging, you know? And so to me, like no physical appearance is is going to bring that to me if that makes sense. No, it does. Like I'm I'm just curious cuz I've had a couple people that I've trained that went down the route, but it was primarily women. And I think I brought this up once on my show. Like one woman got uh, plastic surgery done. Uh, it was breast implants. And she was so happy that she got it done. Like she felt so good about herself and never regretted it. And then I had another client got 
two different surgeries. And then after following up with her, she still had a long list of other things she wanted done. So I'm like, okay, those are for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but um, it, it's an interesting topic because everyone has a different opinion about it. And I was just kind of curious. But um, I was going to bring up, I can't remember what podcast number it was, but um, if you know who Tim Ferriss is, Absolutely. Uh, so his podcast, he had Charles Poliquin on there. And the sorry, the go-to cola. Yeah, so that you know what it is. Have you tried that? So funny story. Um, I am, and so originally I tried taking it uh, when my life was in a different place, and it just I wasn't going to be able to take it three times a day for six months. But being at where I'm at now, um, I'm almost through this prep, and yeah, I've been taking the go-to cola. Um, two times a day, or excuse me, two capsules, six times a day. So about, um, uh, let me try that again. Two capsules, three times a day, a thousand milligrams. So six capsules total throughout the day. Um, like he, like he recommends. And I've also done more research on it and I've looked into a couple other people who have tried it. And, um, I've found some that have had great results, some that have had decent results and some that have had no results at all. So, um, you know, we'll see where it goes, but, um, as it was this morning, you know, I was 177.7 pounds at like seven and a half percent body fat. And, um, I mean, you can kind of like, you can see it, but it's, it's getting very, very minimal at this point. So I'm just really anxious to, um, see what happens at, uh, the day of the show. And I've also looked into like, um, I can't remember what it is called, but there's a way, there's a way that they can like suck the skin up with like, um, skin tightening treatments that aren't invasive, like a surgery would be. Um, and so that's something that I will consider if, if, you know, the go-to cola doesn't help. But like I said, man, it's at such a minimal that like, and I have, I have a six pack now for the first time in my life. Like you can see my abs coming through my, my, my stomach, you know, and you see stretch marks there too. So it's, it's quite this fascinating look. Um, but I don't see myself going to like crazy extremes, getting down to like 160 pounds, trying to get rid of this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I think there was another time I brought up on this show was uh, when I used to work at that big box gym and uh, this one guy, he was like in his 50s, been bodybuilding his whole life. And one of his things that he did for his clients, uh, he would uh, tell them to go buy Preparation H and then saran wrap it all over their abdomen the night before the show. And what Preparation H does, it sucks out all the liquid. So it would actually suck out all the liquid out of your uh, skin to make it look tighter and i'm like that sounds disgusting but i guess it sh- it should work in theory right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all like the small little tricks and tips from like old school bodybuilders where you know they hear something from one guy and it's like complete bro science and like oh yeah it totally worked you should totally do it oh i know it's crazy right and that's that's part of the thing that i like about this because see I'm so in the middle that like, I-, I love being in this middle ground, right? It's like, I'm so like PN focused and like whole food focused and like health, micronutrients, micronutrients, phytonutrients, you know what I mean? But then it's like, also I'm an advocate for certain bro science as well. You know what I mean? And guys like uh, John Romianello who mixes the science with the bro science, you know what I mean? And so it's just like, I feel like, um, 
I feel like, you know, having a mixture of both is, is, is beneficial for sure. But obviously, you know, make sure that what you're doing isn't going to be harmful to your health is my number one rule, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so another question I wanted to bring up, because you seem like you've done a lot of continuing education, which I love, by the way. Um, what have you changed your mind about in the last few years about training, nutrition or anything in life? That's a good question. And um, let's tackle them like one by one. And if I was to say, oh, gosh, that makes it even harder on myself, doesn't it? It does. Um, Well, I would say starting with nutrition, I would say the biggest thing I've learned is that even in life, you know, everything, what works for somebody isn't going to work for everybody. And yeah, that's a broad statement, but it's very, very true in the sense that, um, we're all different and we've all got different things that make us tick and, and, and different strategies are going to work for different people, you know? Um, and, you know, I think with training and nutrition, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like for me, I'll, I'll just going to answer this question for me. Like it might bring up something in your head, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm just really like, I'm just more self-aware this past year. I'm really, really open-minded to everything. Cause in the past I would have, you know, clients come up to me and say, Oh, so I just read about this cleanse. I'm going to go do it. And I would be like, okay, first of all, and then give them this whole list of what's wrong with the cleanse and why they shouldn't do it. But now if someone said that to me, I'm like, sweet, go for it. What are we doing on day 10 when it's over? Or what are we doing on day 31 when the stupid diet's over? Cause at that point, the clients already made up his or her, uh, her choice that they're going to go do the stupid diet. And you've educated them for years about, you know, the harmful effects of doing like crash diets, but they're still set in their ways. And it's the first time that they're showing initiative that they want to change their diet. So why would you want them to stop? Right. Stuff like that. Like even, um, yeah, I got it. I got it now. And, um, I just needed to mull for a second, but I would say the biggest thing that shifted in my mindset as it relates to life in general and, and training and nutrition, this is applicable is that, you know, understanding that I don't have all the answers and I don't have to have all the answers. You know, I think that's been the biggest thing, um, with coaching. And, and for me, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, being effective rather than being right and connecting rather than being right. You know, I would rather, I would rather connect with clients than have to be the know-it-all that knows everything, you know? Yeah. And then like, even for me, like this idea of like, I'll tell clients and people that I meet that whatever I'm preaching right now about training and nutrition, hundred percent, I'll probably change my mind about it next year. And you just need to deal with it. Right. And, and I think also being flexible, you know, is like, like nowadays. So I guess the more and more I think about it, like, you know, I used to always think like, okay, this one way I'm going to train, this is how I'm going to train. And this one way I'm going to eat, and this is how I'm going to eat. You know, it's like for a long time I did, um, 
you know, like I did engineering the alpha program. I went keto for a month because you do it in that program. And then you end up getting to the point where you're like carb cycling. And so like your days off, you do no carbs, your days on, you do a shit ton of carbs. I did that for like a year and a half and maintained a great physique. And I thought that was like the end all be all the only way I'm going to train the rest of my life. Whereas now it's like, I'm on this bodybuilding diet and yeah, it's a shit ton of meat and my testosterone or my testosterone is probably dropping because my fats are so, so low, but it's very effective and it's been very effective for my physique and I have great energy throughout it, you know? And so, um, I will agree with that statement. Like we're ever changing and we're always going to change what we're doing. And I like changing what I'm doing. I like trying different strategies and techniques and seeing if they work for me because then I've got more in my arsenal, right? Definitely. Um, so let's go very last question. Um, if you had to put a phrase or a word on a billboard where everybody could see it every single day, what would it say? Whew, man, so it's many. a big one. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I would say someone's probably already used this one, but I would say be who you are or find what makes you tick. Awesome. So I think that's a great place to stop because we're already coming up to an hour. Um, yeah, so, it's been a great conversation. Yeah, like these things go so fast. Like, I don't know where the time goes, but this was great. Um, so very last question, where can people find you online? What projects do you have coming up and any kind of crap you want to promote? Just go for it and plug away. Okay, well, uh, so you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Thybert. You can find me on Instagram, Stephen underscore Thybert. Um, if you have any questions as far as training, nutrition, things of that nature, you can email me at Stephen Thybert at Comcast.net. Um, I am working on a website. I have the Bigger Ground uh, Business Summit coming up this weekend. I'm very excited to attend. And shortly after that, I will have the website up and I will link it to Raphael. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode 69 with Steven. Hopefully you enjoyed that one and the combo that we had back and forth. And again, I'm going to tell you all once again, please, 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 please share this podcast. I just want to grow this thing as fast as possible and just provide great you know nutrition and fitness information out to the masses so you know like subscribe share it on facebook whatever you gotta do i would be so happy if you did um if you have any feedback let me know if you have any questions thoughts concerns like email me just say what's up i will email you back within 24 hours i try to do my best so my email is rafal at empowerhp.ca and you know if you have a guest recommendation i had a couple people reach out and be like hey you need to get this person on your show i contacted them and got them on the show booked and ready to go so if you have recommendations suggestions let me know and you know find me on facebook instagram twitter what do you got to do and we'll uh, see you guys next week